The 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit dundeal.ie today to start the search for your next car. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> Robbie Robbie Weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh, 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 Magic! Hello everyone and welcome to Rugby Weekly on this Friday. Gavin Casey with you here. We are looking ahead to a massive week coming up for Ireland. It's a business end now really of the Rugby World Cup and Murray Kinsella is ready to get back down to business. When are you back off to France, Murray? Flying first thing Sunday morning, so trying to get packed again. I didn't really unpack, if I'm being honest. Actually, my suitcase, I haven't even opened it. I just left it there at the bottom of the stairs. So I'm ready to go pretty much, turn around and, and get out there. And I'm excited to get back. It's obviously been lovely to get home. And it's been quite insightful just how much people want to talk about this. Everyone I met, obviously they know I work in this job, but everyone's so excited about it, so invested in it. The break weekend is good on a, on a rugby front and you get to recover, but it's kind of bad because... There's no game in the next couple of days. You've got to wait another full week before the Scotland match, which is going to be brilliant again in Paris. So exciting to get back over to tour. It's actually going to be our last week in tour, which has been a lovely home away from home for the, the whole Irish media. I know everyone's absolutely loved it over there. So I'm sure we'll try and um, have a kind of end of tour tour night for, for the journos. And it's going to be great crack to be back over. How are you, Gaff? I'm flying it. Thanks very much. It's an interesting observation you make about being back home and sensing what the buzz is like here because I've noticed actually just in general conversation between ourselves and on the pod as well, it's something you've asked me regularly. It's like, what's the vibe like back in Ireland? Has this captured the imagination to the same extent as it has in tour and around France where you've been? Has it sort of lived up to your expectations while you've been home in terms of how much people are engaged with this competition? Absolutely. And I'm I know there was over 40,000 Irish there and I was kind of questioning that in my mind, but now that everyone I've met seemingly was at the game as well last weekend, everyone seemed to manage, even those who didn't have tickets from a long way out, to grab one, to get over there late. There's loads of people going back over to the Scotland game. There's people with quarterfinal tickets and everyone, nearly to a person, is trying not to, to put a jinx on it. That Whoever came up with that ad campaign did an absolutely brilliant job because everyone's kind of quoting it immediately and... Typically Irish, you know, people don't want to get ahead of themselves. They don't want to over-celebrate, I guess, a pool stage win. And and those things are hang-ups, I, I think, around the team. But the team itself seems to have moved on from that stuff. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks, won't we? It's weird having this break in the tournament because it was so intense for three weeks. There was so much going on, really great performances. Then this lull, and now you go back and you think, okay, it's actually just starting now, really. With a must-win game against Scotland, which maybe is almost slipped under the radar just how important this is that they go out and, and win and win well and have another big performance. And then their plan is that they're going to have three knockout games and, and come home with a trophy at the very end of October. So it really is kind of just kicking off, even though it's been a bit of a, a campaign and an odyssey so far, the the business end is, is upon us, as you say. We're going to flesh a lot of that out as well. The psychology of this Scotland game, not only for the players, but for the fans, for us in media, how we sort of deal with it when Ireland routinely beats Scotland, but Scotland are still a pretty good team. And the fact that it is a must-win game, and we've spent a lot of time naturally looking ahead to a potential quarterfinal with New Zealand, looking ahead to even a final, because we know this Ireland team is a great team. We're going to chat as well about the All Blacks, who have a pivotal game on Friday evening. We're recording on a Friday morning here. 
And yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation in general. Just before we kick off, we've had a lot of people get in touch saying that they missed the boat on our previous special offer to subscribe to the 42 at a discount rate and get all of our additional rugby podcasts. And those people have also asked if we might run the offer again before the Rugby World Cup knockouts. The bad news is that my own uncle was one of the people who signed up oh. last time, only when the subscription was available at a discount. And the worst news is that he now wishes Owen Toolan was his nephew and not me. <laughs> but the good news <laughs> is that we're going to give the offer one last whirl. So we're running a final four-day sale for new subscribers starting today, Friday, and running until Monday. Sign up for the business end of this World Cup and you'll have access to two subscriber-only podcasts each week. Dan Levy has been a really fun addition to our crew there as well. On top of post-match reaction pods after every Ireland game. As well as that, subscribers have access to all of our analysis, feature pieces and sports writing throughout the tournament. One fine example of which was Murray's brilliant walkthrough of how Ireland created their try against South Africa last week. And we'd just like to thank the Irish naval forces for intercepting a ship which was carrying thousands of pirate floppy disks of that analysis piece towards the east coast on Tuesday (laughs) sign up now for a 30% discount on the first year of an annual subscription which will mean you pay just 42 euro for your first year head to the 42.ie forward slash subscribe and get on it just to note that you need to do it through that url so it's the 42.ie forward slash subscribe and you'll activate the discount there. It won't work through our app, but I'll post a link in the description beneath this episode in any case. I've been asked to stress that this is it. There won't be any more special offers during the World Cup, so now's the time to get on board ahead of what will hopefully be a massive month for Irish rugby. Sign up today, and you'll be with us on Monday to kick off another huge week with our subscriber-only Ireland versus Scotland preview podcast. It's I thought you were going to say your uncle hadn't had a chance to sign up, so I'm delighted to hear that he's on board and loves Owen Toolin, who is just brilliant at breaking down the game and giving a different perspective from Sydney as well. And it's been fun with Dan Levy, hasn't it? I thought our chat on Monday on the pod, it was such a good game to, to break down. We could have been there for hours, and, and you're good at actually reading us in at times, Gav, but it's nice to have his perspective recently out of the game. Obviously still friends with a lot of the players, was on the sideline. Birch's technical analysis and his... I would say box-centric viewpoint of things and then my sense of, of how Ireland have been going. And, and we really, honestly, I, I struggled to shut up at times and I hope it didn't come across too badly on the pod. But I was just so excited to chat to the lads and, and do it in person and how many of those chats are we going to have now? Because that game was an indicator of what's to really start coming now because every single one of the games is going to be high pressure, high stakes, massive atmosphere and everything just building to what could be a glorious World Cup final. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be part of that. Either way, it'll be a glorious World Cup final, but we have a lot of fun ahead of us in the next month. He's 100% a closet springbok, Birch, isn't he? He's like Lord yeah. Haw Haw putting this he was loving people. It. <laughs> he was loving it. And he, and he loves... Yeah, I, I, it was just great because he has a different perspective on what everyone had. And it's great that your thoughts are challenged that way. I love those pods where someone's like, oh, that's actually a different viewpoint to what I have. Um and yeah, I think he's come into his own, hasn't he, in, in this World Cup, Birch. He, he thrives on the big occasion and he's <laughs> delivering some some great stuff. And it's been brilliant as well to have this week where we can actually do loads of that analysis and kind of dwell on that Springboks game because it was so much in it as well. So really hope people are enjoying it. And it'd be brilliant to get a few more on board, as I've said a, f- a good few times. Anytime someone gets in touch, the questions are generally of the absolute highest caliber. So keep those coming. 
100%. Let's talk a little bit about Ireland to begin with. They're back at work, so to speak, since uh, Thursday morning. I think they had to be back in situ for Wednesday evening. Stuart McCluskey is back as well. Congratulations to him and his wife, Hannah. They had uh, a second baby, so he went home to attend the baby's birth, and he's back now with the squad, which I'm sure will be a nice boost for the entire crew, really. What do you think those few days are like when Ireland sort of get back to business? Is it like straight back to it at 100% intensity in terms of training, in terms of preparation? Or are they eased back in when you still have that weekend off in between? Physically, yeah, they have to be smart about not going 100% straight away. But there's not a whole lot of time to play around with. It's nice having these extra couple of days of training before a, a test match week again. And they can really dig into the bits that they want to improve in their game. But it was incredibly beneficial to have the three days off as far as i understand the players absolutely loved it they had to stay in france and lots of them ended up back in tour with their families and actually got a chance to see the the place and they've been there for weeks obviously but when you're training you're doing your analysis and you can't find peter manny to give you a backer into town it can be hard to actually go and see the place and experience the culture so by all accounts they've been getting in and having a drink in the square and having food and just enjoying that time with their families. Lots of the lads stayed in Paris as well. And again, they got a chance to go and see the sites because you don't get to do that when you're over there playing. You've you've got so much going on and you can't really get in and enjoy the cafes and the, the buzz of Paris, which is unrivaled in, in many ways. And and a few other guys dotted around the place. I know James Lowe was down La Rochelle, Yield Array, neck of the woods, where Tower Carbarlo and a few other people he would know um, are as well. And, and just have their families around them. It's just such a nice breather and refresh period before they they go into the the thick of it and yeah they're back up to speed now everyone training everyone's healthy including Keen Healy who's back home looking like he is ready ready so if there's any injury issues you can yeah you can take one guess who's who's coming straight into the squad regardless of whether they're proper or not because that is an incredible recovery the video is so impressive he actually looks like a center the way he's moving uh, or a winger even he's so quick and it's just a, a reminder of what a kind of freak athlete he is and if someone does get injured, I'm, obviously you'd never wish that to happen to anyone. They, they they have him to come in. It would be an incredible boost to see him back in around the place as well, wouldn't it? Just the fact that it looked like his World Cup was completely over. Maybe he won't have a chance to get in there, but he looks very fit. Leinster, I know, are coming over to France for a, a pre-season trip as well, and he'll be in that neck of the woods if anything does happen. So, yeah, lots of uh, chance to, to just mentally detach from it all, and I think it was timely in that way, but... Everyone was excited to get back into it, absolutely. They feel like they're on a an upward trajectory in this World Cup and it's exciting to see what comes next. Yeah, further confirmation overnight that Keane Healy is in fact a huge freak in the best way possible. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about that. You've made the point that if it was the case that a player in any position went down injured, unfortunately, in the coming weeks, that it would be Healy who would call back up. I think who would be called back up, excuse me. And I think a lot of people would agree with you. To those who maybe wouldn't understand that logic necessarily or haven't given a thought yet, can you put into context how big a boost it would be for a guy like Healy to be brought back into the team? Not only in terms of having his ability as an option off the bench or even from the start, but actually in terms of the experience he brings to the equation his personality he, he's just a popular figure among the group as well and just to see someone who was ruled out as as it was just walk back into the room and be part of your squad the psychological philip of that i think is immense and it, ireland in their minds they feel that 
this is their World Cup and things are coming together. And the fact they haven't had any injuries yet is, is probably part of that. But if he was to return, it, it would, I think, add to that sense that they have. He's also, it is worth dwelling on how good a player he is. He's so experienced. He's so reliable at scrum time. We know that he can cover across the front row in a game if if that's if that's necessary. And he's listed as a hooker and he's listed as a tight head as well. And he can do those jobs clearly in terms of scrum. He clearly understands other roles as well as he showed when he played hooker against the, the Scots earlier this year, which was a really difficult thing to do because it's not just the scrum. It's not just that. It's actually the lines you run. It's the place you slot into in the line out and, and how you do that. And he did it all really well. He's extremely diligent. He's extremely especially nowadays when he's more experienced, generous with his time and a good sounding board for all the other props. Porter and Fernow have mentioned it ad nauseum, just how much they've enjoyed learning from him, but also interacting with him around scrum stuff in, in particular. So yeah, maybe he won't play a part. Maybe they'll just continue to have incredible injury luck as they have had. And, and to see Jack Conan back in the mix now is is brilliant as well because they were just so patient with him knowing that when he's available as looks like it's going to be the case this weekend he can actually genuinely impact in the highest level test matches and maybe it's off the bench or maybe he does miss out in the 23 because he hasn't had a lot of not a game time when it comes to as they hope the knockouts but if he is up to speed he's he's a brilliant player and he had a massive role in the the grand slam he had a disappointing day in the italy match but the final two games he had a really important role to play so all of that is um just adding to the the good vibes the 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's favourite and number one car site, with the largest range of premium cars in the country, including brand new cars, electric cars and premium used. Want to talk about Scotland, Murray. They've made 13 changes for their game with Romania. Great to see Ben Healy getting a start there. I don't know that we necessarily need to talk about the Romania game so much as maybe offer a bit of an overview of this upcoming Ireland game. It's going to be absolutely pivotal in the most interesting pool. I think... It is understandable that a lot of people can expect Ireland to win this game or have expected all along that Ireland would win this game given both teams' recent records. I guess just the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, the concern is that I still see Scotland as a team who are capable of producing that sort of unexplainable, Celtic, guttural, refusal to roll over type of performance that they do maybe once or twice every six nations it doesn't typically amount to anything but just on their day they have a purple patch in them where they can hang with the best teams in the world and I actually thought against South Africa we were about to see evidence of that just before half time where they gained the ascendancy a little bit even in the physicality stakes because we always viewed that battle as something where it's black and white and, and one team will win it and the other won't. But there are actually moments where you can gain ascendancy and moments where you relinquish it. And I thought half time came at the wrong time for them. I just think they're maybe a better team than some of us give them credit for. And like, make, make no mistake about it, as I'm sure you would be able to contextualize. This is a massive challenge for Ireland, which is exactly how the players themselves will be viewing it, regardless of what fans think. Because Ireland have won eight in a row against them, it's easy to kind of start diminishing the effort and quality it actually took to win all eight of those games, including the most recent one, which famously had incredible circumstances with Ireland's injuries and, and still took some winning. And, and that shouldn't be underestimated. Listen, this Ireland team is a better team than Scotland. I don't think anyone can dispute that. The, the record of the last two years shows it. But sport is 
a bizarre thing at times. And if Ireland have a, an off day and Scotland have one of their best days, they can absolutely beat them and put Ireland in a bit of trouble. Ireland could still top this group, we should say, if they lose with two bonus points. If they draw, they'll still top the group and go through. But that is not what you want, given what you've put together, given the 16-game running streak, given that you have a quarterfinal a week later and you just want to keep getting better, as I mentioned. And they have kind of done that through the three games so far. And and maybe they had to slightly kind of peak before that South Africa and, and, and it declines a little bit. But I don't think they'll be thinking that way, particularly with a, a break weekend. The Scots' dangers are, the threats are really obvious. But you're right to flag the physicality because that's been part of their improvement this year. And the likes of Jamie Ritchie, George Turner have been more physical and uh, controlled in their aggression than ever before. It's not just flurries of it. Um, they're they're more consistent across 70-80 and even with the box game that took some winning like the box didn't steamroll them they scored two tries in a really concerted period of of excellence after half time they squeezed them and they to me never looked like actually losing the game but it still took a lot of effort and nous to actually win it and not allow Scotland the opportunities that we know they're so lethal from. We saw it even in the first half where they create that brilliant opportunity and Darcy Graham, he really should pass to Duane van der Merwe down the left-hand side, but he backs himself to score and and the Springboks need an incredible bit of scramble defence. There was another chance as well where, again, the, the box defence denied them when it looked like a guilt-edged try-scoring chance. So Scotland have the capabilities of producing those, not even just moments, but those passages of attacking brilliance and, and Russell, when he's on song, is is outstanding the box did a really good job on him though and that's worth noting and last time Ireland played them he didn't have a significant impact on the game he went off injured didn't he so probably was carrying something but the box brought out the worst side of him I think in terms of they pressured him they consistently hit him after he passed the ball they frustrated him he arguably could have been yellow carded probably could have been yellow carded for the the charge on Arenza after he denied them that try scoring opportunity and then the second try, I thought he overplayed his hand. He kept trying to get through around the Springboks defence in that middle third of the pitch near halfway line. They lost the momentum several times. And I know Ireland showed us that that doesn't mean you can't make a line break subsequently, but it was probably a time to kick the ball away and they get turned over. And and that's on the game managers. It is their decision to keep playing there. Um, and, and the box forced them into a hole they didn't want to get into and, and they scored a try off the back of that. So... There's lessons in that for Ireland. They know that well, but when he's on song, when he's getting in between defenders and finding offloads, Russell is like no one else in the game and, and it's a joyous uh, thing to watch. So I don't think there's any chance that Ireland haven't got maximum respect for Scotland here. Everyone does respect them. They, I know they haven't won trophies and it's easy to slag them off and it's absolutely fun for Irish fans to do that and, and some in the media, but... The team take this very seriously and their strength has been the fact that they never lose sight of the next game being the biggest one because if you look down the line you just you're you're selling yourself short for the game that's right in front of you and Ireland I don't think you need to be at 100% for this game they they don't they can win it without being at their absolute peak I don't think they're at their absolute peak for South Africa either so they are deserved favorites but you're right there is danger in this game and the fact that Scotland are playing for their lives in the World Cup as complete underdogs. And you can see the mentality they've built. Um, Gregor Townsend said it last week. He was laughing about people talking about Ireland, New Zealand quarterfinals and and the narrative that's built around that. So they've got a nice motivational edge.
Ireland can gleam from South Africa's victory over Scotland certain aspects of the game that they can apply and uh, look to beat Scotland in a similar way perhaps flip that a little bit and what can Scotland take from South Africa's performance against Ireland that would be replicable for them if they are to go on and do the unthinkable from an Irish perspective and upset the odds next week you get in the air every single line out and it's funny how that battle goes because the first one doesn't go well for Ireland and the box they take a little bit of a punt we we discussed the circumstances of that first line out steal where the receiver joins at the front kits off and Malherb drops at the back and and the timing is off but it's done really well and it's hard to pick up live and because the first one goes bad it just unsettles the subsequent effort so you would imagine there'd be elements of, of that really fighting hard to be because sometimes i think scotland aren't the best decision makers around breakdown they can be a little bit um over eager i think at times and waste bodies and, and breakdowns defensively that they don't win and that's a recipe for disaster against ireland you've got to have 13 14 15 ideally on feet at all time to defend them because the the attacking threats are so varied and because Ireland are so good at making decisions so I think those two areas are really key for for Scotland in limiting Ireland's uh, ability to be at their best but then they have their own superpowers and it is that wide wide attack and at times it's there's a little bit of maybe naivety to it but I don't mind them really slavishly adhering to their philosophy of going to wit whenever they can of passing the ball at times there's probably too much space between receivers and the ball's up in the air for for a long time but that's how they that's how they want to beat you and uh, yeah i think they'll stay true to that very much this weekend or next weekend rather yeah we'll begin the build-up proper on monday for the 42 subscribers with bernard jackman and yeah it's going to be an absolutely cracking week between uh, ireland and scotland even some of the media stuff i can imagine it getting a little bit more interesting than would be typical because the Scots have nothing to lose. They might as well have a bit of crack with this and try to apply pressure on Ireland that way. And they still, they like hate the Irish players, don't they? <laughs> they there is that edge. And I heard, I think it was John Barkley recently. I'm not sure he explicitly said it, but it's that they've always had to look at Irish players with European medals, Six Nations titles, and thought they're not that much better than them. We've been on Lions tours with them. I've seen these guys up close. We... We have talent of that level and of course that's what they believe about themselves. They they think they're every bit as good but the record doesn't speak to that. It has created that bit of animosity, I think. It's not a outrageously violent rivalry or anything like that but there's been a nasty edge to it at times, even Munster Glasgow and, and how that went and as we say, even though Ireland keep winning, it's never anything but ferocious in this in this contest. So yeah, I do hope that Everyone gets nice and chirpy in the press conferences this week. It'll make it all the spicier. And it was the build up to the box game. It was fun, wasn't it? I mean, I'm sure some people got sick of the seven one stuff by the end of the week, but it was just nice to have that something different thrown in there and wondering what the spring box were up to and all the traffic lights and everything like that and giving out about them afterwards. It's really part of the fun. Our colleague Kieran Kennedy has spent some time among the All Blacks, and you can read some of his coverage from that on the 42 it's available to subscribers some really really cool work in there and brilliant insights i just wanted to get your interpretation of the all blacks murray they've got this pivotal game with italy firstly are you as convinced as most people would be that new zealand will get the job done there or do you think italy can be at least competitive in this game because i've certainly seen some people suggest that 
Yeah, I do think Italy will be competitive. I would still be shocked if the All Blacks don't win it, given that they're near to full strength again and they've got players back and it's really timely in that regard. They were disappointed and disappointing on the opening night, especially because they scored two tries early in both halves. Brilliant tries. Joe Smith's planning, married with the brilliant skill level of people like Hardy Savea who can chip on first phase off a line out. Absolutely extraordinary skill. The cross kick, the finishes from Talia, Will Jordan's influence, all those incredible weapons they have. But they just, they didn't have that, um, that might when when France turned things in the in the final quarter to to live with it quite. And I still feel they're probably behind Ireland, South Africa, France in that regard. But they are a major, major threat to everyone. Missing that night against France were four key players. Jordi Barrett, Shannon Frizzell, Sam Kane and Tyrell Lomax, all of whom would have, I'm almost certain, started the game. Jordi Barrett's been excellent at 12 since he moved there. Bad game against the Springboks in the final warm-up match, but everyone on, on the Kiwi team had a bad day that day. He's really settled in well there and, and just gelled the kind of back line together. Shannon Frizzell is... He's a weird one. I, I know people probably dislike him based on off-the-pitch reasons, but the All Blacks have been waiting for him to turn into this kind of physical, explosive player at, at the kind of top level of, of Test Rugby. And coming into the World Cup, before he got injured, it looked like he was definitely moving that way. Tyra Lomax came in with Ethan DeGroote after the, the Ireland series last year, which was just terrible for the Kiwi props. Ireland exposed him at every available opportunity, and he's done well. Still learning at 27, but he's done well at tight head. And Sam Kane's their skipper. And I know, not universally popular. I was writing about this yesterday. It's just impossible not to compare him to, Sam, to, to Richie McCaw. That's always going to be the case. It always has been, always will be. But he's a brilliant, brilliant player and clearly a, a key guy. So they've got them all back in the 23 now against Italy. Obviously, a bit of tuning up to do on, on those guys. But they're with Ethan DeGroote to come back from suspension for their possible quarterfinal. They look to be in, in really good nick. And... I mean, if we're talking about not disregarding the Scots, <laughs> it's funny that we even have to discuss the All Blacks not being disregarded, given their history in World Cups and three wins, a couple more finals, third, fourth. The only time they got knocked out in the quarterfinals, it was literally a national scandal outcry. There was years of anger and anguish. And that's just when they lost a quarterfinal. So that, that sums up the history and the inbuilt, inherent belief in, in the Kiwis, I think. So... I would expect them to beat Italy and I do think Italy have their own strengths to, to be competitive in this game but the All Blacks are going to take some beating for whoever has to face them in that in that possible quarterfinal. They really, really are. If it's Ireland, New Zealand which uh, look, it looks the most likely scenario it's going to be some absolute battle and we'll, we'll preview that if that tends to be the, the case but the Kiwis, yeah, they have lots of weapons. Yeah, let's return to that at a later point. I am scared shitless of the All Blacks to be totally honest and I know a lot of people will say you shouldn't be <clears throat> excuse me Ireland went down there won a series but I do think there's a lot of revisionism about how that series was won totally it's a, it was a close series well do you remember the pod we did after it do you remember we talked for 45-50 minutes about the final grandstand that Ireland had to deliver to get over the line that's certainly forgotten and Ireland absolutely played brilliant rugby in those two tests but it wasn't as big a it wasn't a, a thrashing by any means, was it, Gav? No. People have this impression that we went down and schooled them. It's complete BS. Like, mm. it was a really close run thing and Ireland did brilliantly to get over the line and the All Blacks were a better team because of it and since then. And Ireland, I believe, are also a better team since then. But I just think 
a prospective quarterfinal between the, those two teams isn't far off 50-50 to my mind. People will disagree, but as we say, we, well, this is, <laughs> we're not even there yet. This is always the case. It is always the case in, te- in test rugby, isn't it? The margins are finer than we, and we're definitely guilty of it in the media at times. We, as media and supporters, probably sometimes believe after the fact. Because when you go back through things with a fine tooth comb, invariably in any game, you can kind of think, oh, if that, went, if that ball bounced the other way, maybe, maybe they score a try there. Or if the referee saw that, then that's not actually going to be a, a try five phases later. So the teams always try and remind us of that, but we It'd be boring if we if we spoke like that, wouldn't it? Ireland absolutely hammered the All Blacks last summer. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We're dreamers after the fact. Anyway, we'll leave it there for the moment. Mur, have a great weekend, and we'll catch you again on Monday. Reminder to head to the forty two e forward slash subscribe, and you can join us for a thirty percent discount. You'll get access to all of our additional rugby podcasts throughout the rest of the Rugby World Cup, plus all of the additional coverage across all sports on the 42.e it's a pretty good deal all told thanks a million everybody for tuning in we will catch you subscribers on monday and we'll be back in this regular slot as well next friday if not mind yourselves in the meantime the boys in the better land the boys in the better land